0: Start On On Demand.
1: Should more employers allow staff to swap out statutory holidays for ones that reflect their beliefs? It's something that a company in BC is doing. Should they start doing it here? More questions and confusion regarding traveling to the US and the vaccine requirements therein Greg, for example, he just found out today. We pieced it together today. He needs to get his third shot ASAP if he wants to fly to California next month. The Northern Lights put on a spectacular show on Monday night. We check in with Scott Young from the Manitoba Museum. And a Buffalo, New York man came up to Winnipeg to see Winnipeg band Propagandi play at the Park Theater. What sort of obscure pilgrimage have you taken to do something slightly off the beaten path? I'm Brett McGarry. Alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, we are Mackling McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, October 12th podcast for the start. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on this Tuesday morning after the Thanksgiving long weekend. And I want to start by asking Loren a very important question. Did you brine the turkey?
2: I did. I did brine the turkey, and it was tasty. We had Chef Gordon Bailey from Red River College Polytechnic on Friday, and this has been his recommendation for years. He's been joining us for at least three years now, and every year I think I should do that. And so on Saturday I mixed up the brine mixture and got the – Turkey ready to go in a cooler because the turkey was almost 25 pounds and I didn't have room in the fridge to figure out how to do the brine. And so I looked up a cooler recipe and you have to put ice with it to make sure it's brine, but still cold enough to keep the temperature right. So you don't poison all your guests. And that kept me up all night Saturday. I went to bed about 10 o'clock, got up at one to check the turkey, got up at two 30 to check the turkey, got up again at four 30 because I was worried about the turkey. And then finally at seven a.m. I got a lot of feedback from the husband. This turkey is not worth it. Let it go. And Anyway, no one was poisoned. It tasted fine, but I'm not sure it was worth that kind of stress. I was super worried about not keeping the meat cold enough and then having some sort of bacteria situation. So I don't know if I'll do it ever again. It was exhausting. (laughs) I'm exhausted. And then you eat turkey and you're more exhausted.
1: (laughs) What do they call it? The tryptophan? Yes.
2: Yes. So I was tired going into the night. Then we had guests. We had a great weekend. Do not get me wrong. But someone else needs to do this for me and then bring it to my oven and cook it here. That's the new rule for next year.
0: (laughs) You might as well have had a live turkey living with you and getting up and and let it out to to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night (laughs) for the amount of times you were up and down. I don't know if that sounds like it was worth it or not, but uh, I didn't have a a stitch of turkey this weekend. No, it's my sister-in-law's birthday. And so tradition is... Is at uh, my in laws is whoever's birthday it is gets to pick the meal. Okay. Yeah. And my sister in law isn't a huge fan of turkey. She picked mom's homemade beef stew instead. So now I have to make a turkey this weekend, and um, I'm looking forward to it. But I will I got, not brine it.
2: I have turkey coming out of the yin yang. I could give you some turkey. There's so All right. much turkey. We'll
0: leave
1: a plate for me got on the step. Turkey
2: soup now. Turkey sandwiches. I'll pick it up today. Turkey casserole, gobble, gobble, ghee. I got too much turkey. I
1: didn't yep. have any turkey over the weekend either. We ordered pizza when I went to my dad's place on Sunday, and we ordered pizza uh, from a little pizza heaven. So they might have had a turkey pizza. I don't know, but we just uh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I did I didn't miss the turkey at all. But it did occur to me that I did not have any pumpkin pie. Oh,
0: I didn't have any of that either.
1: Yeah. So I need to remedy that situation because I, uh, I like having it for breakfast.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, Costco is like the best place to ha- get pumpkin pie. I wonder if they uh, have any left.
1: Oh, probably. I'm sure that the grocery stores have them. i like to, there's a place on um, uh, Grover Grosvenor and Stafford called Lilac Bakery. Yes. Mm-hmm. I ordered a pumpkin pie from them once, and uh, I think I should do that again.
2: All right. Like, just because? Just or cause. was it actually, yeah? Yeah, there was one
1: week where I <laughs> yeah. was craving pumpkin pie. Yeah. I like, can't remember. It was like, like feb- of year? It was like February, I think.
2: <laughs> sure. Go for it.
1: So I called them and said, can I order a pumpkin pie? And They said, sure. So... Um, How long was the pause though between your asking and them saying sure? I think there were a there were a couple of seconds. I think there was, <laughs> they were like really, but okay, yeah, whatever, yeah. man. You want to get a pumpkin? Well, they'd box? have
2: to source the ingredients. Like, I'm trying to think of what is around at that time and whether you end up with real pumpkin or you know what's in a can because. Why are you getting a pumpkin in February?
1: Yeah, good point. That's a good point. Either way, it was great. So now I need pumpkin pie and uh, a turkey sandwich does sound good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that. The moist maker. (laughs) The moist maker. Also, what's this email I'm seeing from Kayla talking about snow? Oh, (laughs) shh. Well, (laughs) she says, her email
0: says, I say it more angrily than uh, Loren would, I think. That radar is showing snow. Uh, maybe I don't know a purple blob of it uh, just south of Highway One in the Verdun area, close to the Saskatchewan border. And uh, so we're going to ask our listeners if you're out in that part of the province, are you seeing any snow? Uh,
2: I I have relatives in Edmonton. My Brother in law and wife are in Edmonton. It snowed there yesterday. And so, I, as soon as I heard that, I thought, yep, that's coming our way. And then e, Kayla Evans of Global News Morning sent this email. And I think we all replied with a take this email. I replied, sorry, with a take this email. And oh, no, I did you the know what? Yeah. I didn't finish the sentence due to HR concerns because I could because then I can always say, I didn't mean anything bad. I told her to take this email and file it away for good, useful purposes. <laughs> for safekeeping. You know, for I'm- safekeeping, not for a shove it. <laughs> shove this email where the sun don't shine.
1: So let us know, 204-780-6868. And also, we've already gotten a couple of pictures, and if you have some pictures you want to share of the Northern Lights, Gary got some, uh, I guess they're still going this morning. I
0: Took a little bit of a drive up 59, didn't get uh, much further than Birds Hill, though, and I was hoping to capture some sort of, at least get a visual of them, if I couldn't capture a picture, because some spectacular pictures on social media, uh, late evening, overnight, I woke up to a bunch, and I thought, oh boy, I wonder if I can see any I wasn't able to. I don't know if there was a cloud band or just too much light pollution. But yeah, if you've got pictures of that, please let us uh, know and please share them with us seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight because I'd much rather have pictures of and confirmation <laughs> of Aurora Borealis versus S N O W.
2: Well, there, the thing that's interesting about the Northern Lights last night is that people were seeing them from all sorts of places. Like you always get in your mind, you have to be out of the city or away from the city lights. And there was people posting from, you know, their their back deck in Winnipeg that were getting them and they weren't going too far to see them. And I had a lot of friends I know in Minnedosa that were getting great shows and, and they weren't always, you know, out on the farm or what, whatever you imagine you have to be. I went and grabbed a coffee this morning at 5 a.m. because we're out of coffee and, and I got nothing. I got no lights besides the Tim Hortons lights. So, hmm.
1: Let us know if you have any picks. We'd love to see them. And, yes, if you see snow, let us know that too. 204-780-6868. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb as we listen to Winnipeg's own propaganda, Greg... What's the story? It's our top story right now at CJOB.com.
0: This is fantastic. What a pilgrimage. A Buffalo, New York man has completed a musical pilgrimage to Winnipeg to take in a series of shows by L'Uncle Punk, Rock Band, Papa and see firsthand several of the locations that inspired some of the group's songs. So that is all on its own. Pretty fascinating. Will Reimer put together this story for you at globalnews.ca if you want to check it out, CJOB.com. And if uh, you can't find it, we'll be happy to send it to
1: you. Okay, so that has us asking a question at 204-780-6868. Have you ever gone somewhere to do something off the beaten path? Like I'm sure this guy's friends back in Buffalo said, you're going where to to do what? Uh, So have you ever gone somewhere to do something off the beaten path? Or maybe you've taken a detour to check something out because of pop culture, like Loren, for example... What did you do?
2: this is about 15 years ago at least I was doing a trip to New York and Boston I'm as we know a big office fan which is based in Scranton I think it's filmed probably in Hollywood or something but there's sights and sounds you can see in Scranton Pennsylvania and so I did a tour of Scranton went looking for like the Lackawanna County sign and (laughs) the Steamtown Mall which I don't think existed I couldn't find the Scranton sign that's out in the start of the show where it's in the valley there with the trees around it but there was another Scranton sign I did have a drink at poor Richard's the bar that they often went to and yeah like I went around just kind of cruising to see what what we could find in terms of connection to the office and it was just I think it's probably a two-hour detour I think we stayed there too we stayed at a Scranton hotel so it was worth it to me I thought it was hilarious and so that had us thinking like there has to be places people have either gone to like what's the uh, oh I should know it The the Seinfeld coffee shop. I'm sure that place gets hit all the time. Mm. Monks and
3: Reggie's is the other one, I guess. The Monks one is gone now. They got rid of that a couple years Uh, ago. Ah,
2: yeah. Well, I think there's lots of places you'd watch. Yeah, Yeah, which probably drove people nuts. I'm sure even at Poor Richard's, they're like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know, man. just want to hang out. Is Andy here? Anyone else? No? (laughs) So, Jeff Braun, what about you?
3: Well, like the the guy that came here for the concert, I did go to Calgary once just to see Bruce Springsteen. So it's the same deal on a larger scale. But the one I've wanted to do for a few years now, and obviously the last couple of years, we couldn't, I couldn't do it. And it's not that it, I could do it in one day if I wanted to. The same day there and back in Fargo, North Dakota, apparently at the Visitor Center, the Tourism Bureau or whatever, they have the... Uh, the big wood chipper that was yeah. the prop in the movie fargo that uh, in which steve Buscemi was fed into it by his accomplice so um, i'm laughing I'd, about this i'd love to go get my picture taken with that monster just a, it's such a i mean the city is fargo right so what are they going to do they got a movie named after them and that's the best prop from that movie so why not so,
1: and that, that's another part of this conversation, too. Is there somewhere you would like to go to do something either odd or something specific or something unique? Like, let's say you go to Las Vegas and, you know, there are obvious reasons to go to Vegas. but Maybe there is a, a particular restaurant that you must uh, go to when you're there. Like whenever I go to Vegas, that I remember uh, the last time I went, the first place we sought out was the Earl of Sandwich which now exists in Winnipeg. So that's pretty cool that it's open here. Mackling, what about you? Well, mine
0: is pretty obscure. If you're uh, not of a certain generation, uh, maybe you could press play for me there, Brett. Cheeseburger,
4: cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Four Pepsi, two
5: Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Two Pepsi, one cheap. Hi, <laughs> you <laughs>
0: So that's from Saturday Night Live, the John Belushi era. That's how far back that goes. It's the Olympia Diner, and essentially they only serve cheeseburgers, or cheeseburger, as they say. And there's no Coke, only Pepsi served at this diner. Well, this is fashioned after the Billy Goat Tavern in Chicago, which has another tie to history, to Cubs history. The owner of the Billy Goat Tavern took an actual Billy Goat to Wrigley Field back in 1945. Five, I think it was, and then uh, when he got kicked out, he he put a hex on the Cubs that that lasted for uh, the better part of sixty plus years. So the Billy Goat <laughs> Tavern in Chicago is a must stop for uh, longtime Cubs fans and Saturday Night Live fans.
1: Cool, that's a good one. And uh, Poitras, what about you? Well, don't ask me. Ask Dwight Schrute, Dwight.
5: <laughs> if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? I can travel anywhere except <laughs> Cuba, and I will. Travel to New Zealand and walk the Lord of the Rings trail to Mordor, and then I will hike Mount Doom. That's what I'm up to. So I will get to New Zealand one day and go to Hobbiton and be a total geek. But uh, yeah, thanks, Dwight.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I would love, I'd love to do that as well because they, they actually, did they not rebuild it and make it? They they had to rebuild it for the the movie, The Hobbit, right? Yeah,
5: yeah, they rebuilt it and then it was like a big tourist attraction. So they actually, because the first one from the original movie, Lord of the Rings, they actually took apart. And which was a huge mistake. And then when they rebuilt it for for the, the Hobbit films, they they ended up keeping it. But there's so many things to see there. Like that movie was shot across all over the North Island, all over the South Island, like everywhere. So like I'm, I'm sure there's some massive tour where they t- they take you all around the place and, and and show you all the places where the movies were made. And those are my favorite films. So I would just I'd be geeking out the entire time. Like that's where they shot Eteris. Eteris was on that little hill. Uh, I you would be that guy. You could do like a 14
2: day tour. I'm just looking this up now. Yeah. Red carpet, fourteen day Ederis. I don't know what that means. Uh,
5: It's the it's the capital. So we're Theoden and and of Rohan. I I won't get into it, but
2: yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) Jeff Braun, uh, Audrey texting us to say that she's had lunch in the Cheers bar. Uh, She says it's a lot smaller than the one in the show, yeah, um, and it's right by Boston Garden apparently. So if you were in Boston, would you seek out Cheers? I would absolutely
3: seek out Cheers. That's that would be. uh... The only reason I would have for going to Boston to begin with. <laughs> really?
1: The only reason. Oh uh,
3: What? What else? Why else would I go to Boston? I don't know.
1: I'll watch a, you <laughs> can watch chowder. a Celtics game. Yeah. It's a really great city. Chowder. No. Hey, go out of the
5: park. Get me some chowder.
1: <laughs>
3: the, the accent alone is worth the reason not going. Boston. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Speak right. normally.
1: So here's what we need from you, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. 6868 We have tickets for the concert that we're announcing just after 7 o'clock. We're going to give them away at 9.15 based on your text messages on where have you gone to do something odd or something specific or where would you like to go to do something odd, specific, unique, whatever. And you don't care what anybody thinks. If people say to Cam, you're a geek for wanting to do that, he's going to say, I don't care because this is what I want to do. So tell us a story for a chance to win. We'll give them away just after 9.15. Tackling McGarry and McNabb. In a moment, we're going to talk about the vaccine as it pertains to traveling to the United States. But before that, as promised, we have a concert announcement. And Greg, I know you're pumped. So pumped he can't turn on his microphone. I'm just listening to the music. Cannot
0: wait for this all-star Canadian classic rock band. Saturday, November 27th, 8 p.m. Club Regent Event Centre tickets go on sale on Thursday. We have a pre-sale tomorrow. Do we give that uh, password now or do we wait tomorrow to give it? What's the plan there? Yeah, yeah, give the password. Canada! C-A-N-A-D-A (laughs) Canada! Extraordinary covers of Canadian rock legends performed by rock legends. This is a Tuca original, but they do incredible versions of Brian Adams songs, Headpins, Harlequin, Red Rider, Queen City Kids, Rush, of course, Streetheart, and so many more. Winnipeg's own Brent Fitz, Shane Gillass, Zach Throne, and Todd Kearns on vocals. If you miss live music, if you love Canadian rock and roll, do not miss this show. And I understand uh, Brett Loren, Brent Fitz will join KK this afternoon. And uh, I'll put it this way. It's sort of like being at the ultimate jam session. The energy, the memories, and just because you can't sing doesn't mean you shouldn't sing
1: along. So that's awesome. We've got tickets to give away all week long here on The Start. We'll give away our first set just after 9.15 based on your text messages on the obscure things that you've gone somewhere to do. We'll give those away at 9.15. In the meantime, will your COVID-19 dose... Be enough, Loren, to get you into the United States when new travel regulations kick in next month.
2: Yeah, so two doses, of course, are required to travel to so many places. But the question is about which dose will be accepted. So yesterday, the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said travelers will be able to fly to the U.S. if they've received shots of vaccines approved or recognized for emergency use by either the World Health Organization or or the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, Craig.
0: So this means that Canadians immunized against COVID-19 with the Ox- Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine can visit the United States, but it's not yet clear whether those with mixed doses, hands up if you're in that group, will make the cut. Richard Vanderloob is the president of tripcentral.ca, joins us now. and Good morning, Richard. Thank you for your time.
6: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. So can you sort something out for us right now? What is the situation currently? Obviously you cannot drive to the United States. That's, that's uh, something that we know, but traveling to the United States is something that people have been doing for months and months. What are the conditions? Do I, what do I need to prove or provide in order to fly to the United States right now?
6: So yeah, uh, Canadians have been flying to the U S all the way through the pandemic. Um, what what they're expecting now is that you get an antigen test within 24 hours of departure. So that's that's the that's the cheaper of the tests that you can get at a local drugstore. And uh, coming up in November, they want uh, all travelers that are arriving to be fully vaccinated, meaning the double dose or the single dose Johnson Johnson. Although we didn't have much of that in Canada. And the news this week was that they're now accepting the double dose of astrazeneca but of course in canada it's only about 0.58 percent of the population that has that because most people 20 times the number went and got a mrna uh second dose so you're looking at about what 3.8 million canadians that have mixed doses and of the people that are vaccinated that's about pushing 15 percent of the population um and it's, uh, it's, it's right now, it's not officially recognized, and it's something really that our government needs to continue to advocate to get accepted.
2: So I'm curious how many phone calls you get about this, Richard, because there's three hosts here you're speaking to this morning brett's double dose with astra and then greg and i have that mixed dose and so we've all been waiting to see what will happen with any future travel plans uh represents a good chunk of the population who might have that mix or just have different doses that may not be as accepted elsewhere and are wondering what to do with it how many calls do you get on this one
6: we're getting a lot um just like you said like it's in it's in a certain age group right it's when they were reducing the ages, all of a sudden AstraZeneca opened up. Um, and, and it's a lot of calls as well, because not every household is the same, right? So in my case, I got vaccinated earlier because I, was, I had an opportunity with my dad in long-term care. My wife was later. And so we're a household here that has mixed <laughs> a mixed situation, right? So if you figure 15% of the population has it in any given household, the number could be higher people that are traveling together so we are we are getting a lot of calls on it
1: and how important is the two to do your research in terms of uh, the venues that you'll be visiting uh, potentially visiting in the united states because i would imagine some places might have their own requirements
6: um we haven't seen that so I, I, we were concerned about that in the beginning that well hawaii had for example uh it's its own set of requirements um we were concerned that that might start popping up even at the local level. But really, other than Hawaii, we haven't really seen that. But it is possible.
2: So, So Richard, before we... Sorry, Greg, I just wanted to jump in because, you know, it's it's hard to figure out what to do to book future travel plans given... Every country is different. The rules are changing. And then coming into the equation soon might be the kid factor. So Canada introduced mandatory vaccinations for travel for 12 and up, but then we might have approval for the five to 11. And so it's making it really hard to say, what can I do in the future if the rules keep changing?
6: Yeah. And and this is why things are, people are uncertain. That's why things aren't fully moving yet in terms of people, um, you know, booking vacations and what have you, because there's, there are so many barriers right now. So I mean, we're advocating that, you know, the Canadian government do more to influence foreign governments to accept our mixed doses, because Canada's one of the few places in the world that's done this in any big way. And we are a tiny percentage of most countries inbound uh, travelers. And so we really need our government to to get this message across or we feel it's going to be lost in, in the shuffle. The U.K. is accepting it. Bahamas is accepting it. There are places that are accepting the mixed doses, but we really need our government to be advocating for those that rolled up their sleeves and did this, and now they're sort of left in the lurch.
1: Richard Vanderloob, president of TripCentral.ca, joining us live on The Start. Thank you for your time, Richard. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. And you can weigh in on this at 204-780-6868. Where do you fit on this? Are you wanting to travel, but you're reluctant To book something, given the uncertainty? uh, Or are you ready to go, guns blazing, locked and loaded? Let us know, 204-780-6868. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, it is time to reveal today's code word for the Big Bomber Bash. October 23rd game against the BC Lions. You get the whole party deck, the bomber party deck for you and 19 of your friends 20 bomber hats, game day food, $250 drink credit, four parking passes. So here's what you do. You go to cjob.com, you find the contests page, and you enter today's code word, which is Winnipeg. We'll give those passes, or we'll give away this prize after October 15th. So you got all week to get in on this, and then we'll give it away after that. That's exciting stuff. Again, the code word is Winnipeg. In the meantime, we're getting—we are getting some feedback, Loren, uh, at 204-780-6868 and what we just talked about with the regarding the vaccines that are acceptable to enter the U.S.
2: Yeah, uh, well, it's like right now, I think you just need to get tested to go to the states, and now they're putting in travel new travel requirements that will be about the vaccine and they're working through the process of which vaccine do you have which one will which ones will they approve and so we learned this week AstraZeneca is is going to be on that list they think but they're not clear about the mixed dose and so now people are asking questions about well okay well how do I get that proof to show I maybe got that booster shot like Dave texted to say um sorry Tony texted to say that he had the Astra and Pfizer combo and because of travel and uncertainty he actually went last month to get the Pfizer booster shot so he could say he had two Pfizer vaccines but now the question becomes well what's what are you showing at the airport what are they going to ask for I mean I was looking to travel to get my kids and I overseas in December and I thought to myself ah if they change the rules am I going to be stuck with thousands of dollars worth of tickets so it's so confusing Greg right now it makes you wonder if it's worth it
0: yeah I have a few questions still coming out of that not enough time to talk about that at the
1: moment though Indeed, it's Tuesday! Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca. A better place for you, Lauren.
2: Yeah, Friday night at IG Field, the Bombers took another step towards hosting the West Final, which will take place December 5th here in Winnipeg, with a decisive 30, we hope, that we host the West final with a decisive 33 30 to 3 victory over the Edmonton Elks and so that means the Bombers are now 8 and 1 on the season.
7: Calaris ball in the middle of the field a little inside handoff to Harris he's to the 10 he's to the 5 he's down to the 1 did he get in touchdown
3: Blue Bombers on a spectacular inside run by Andrew Harris.
0: That was the first of two Andrew Harris touchdowns Friday night, part of an outstanding 150-yard rushing game for Harris. This morning, it is breakfast with the voice of the Bombers. Bob Irving joins us now. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, you guys. We hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving. I did, thank you, and I hope everybody out there did as well. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing those sentiments, Bob. I'm hoping you'll agree with uh, me on this sentiment, uh, that Andrew Harris... Touchdown that first one to make the score, 22-3, and then the uh, extra point, which is an adventure, we'll talk about that in a bit, uh, was made on that touchdown. Yeah, That was the exemplification of how this team plays football for me. Yes, the star quarterback hands the ball to the star running back, but it was the blocking, the determination, and of all, all the, the players, the offensive line, kind of pushing Andrew Harris into the end zone, which ultimately turned that play from an excellent run for a first down into a score.
7: Well, it's kind of one for all and all for one. You know that old expression, and that's the way the Bombers play, and they talk about it, Greg, all the time how they play for their teammates, Uh, nobody's selfish on this team. They all want everybody to do well. And, of course, the star players uh, become obvious in Andrew Harris, but he doesn't achieve what he's achieving uh, without the help of the offensive line and the receivers who are quite happy to block, and I can't say that about about receivers throughout the league. So it's quite a, you know, we run out of superlatives to describe what's going on with these Blue Bombers, uh, not just defensively, but overall and sort of the togetherness that they have. It's quite remarkable. I've said this before to you guys. I haven't seen anything quite like it for a long time on well, a bomber team. I'd have to go back probably to the 80s and Cal Murphy's time. They're having just an incredible season. Uh, the superlatives are, you know, just beyond our grasp in describing what's going on with them. And, you know, you mentioned Andrew Harris, Greg. He conceivably could win another rushing title at age 34, and even though he missed the first three games of a 14-game season, he still has a shot at another rushing title, depending on what develops as the rest of the season goes on. So, yeah, they're 8-1 and one and riding high, and uh, it's all sunshine, lollipops, and roses in Bomberland.
2: Sunshine, lollipops and roses, except for maybe in one part of the game, Bob, because oops, I know oops. you were asked a few times yeah. over Twitter this weekend. I saw you reply to several fans saying, hang on, what's up with the place-kicking game? Is there is there any solution to that right now?
7: Well, there needs to be a solution because it could be critical, Lauren, as the season winds down. I'm advised that there will not be any new place-kickers in camp this week. Now that could change basically, on an hourly basis. But uh, it sounds like Mike O'Shea is going to go again, either with Ali Mortada or or go back to Mark Leggio, who, when the season began, uh, was the Bombers or wasn't supposed to be the Bombers' place kicker and was for a couple of games and had one very good game where he made all four of his field goals and then struggled. And so they changed things up. But it, it's, a, it's an issue for sure, uh, and it's glossed over because they're winning and winning so handily. But everybody knows that if it comes down to a a last-second kick in a playoff game or a critical game somewhere along the line, man, oh, man, it's a shaky proposition right now for the Blue Bombers. So I'm curious to see what they do on Friday night in Edmonton. My guess is they're going to give Leggio another shot at it. I wouldn't even rule out Mortada getting one more chance to show that he can get his act in order. So I know the fans are... Beside themselves, concerned about it. I hear that's the one thing I hear from them. It's funny, you know, the team is going so well, uh, and everybody's happy about it and excited about how well they're playing. But in the back of the minds of all the fans is, man, what about the place kicking? What about the place kicking? Well, uh, I don't think there's going to be a there'll be a change this week. I expect, but it won't be because they brought in a new kicker.
1: Saving the best for last. The Winnipeg defense, no points allowed again in the fourth quarter. Three points against, period. The last time this team gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter, October 19, 2019 in Calgary versus the Stampeders in a 37-33 loss. Yeah. The team overall, as they've lost only one game since then. So is this a historically good bomber defense?
7: Well, for sure it is, Brett. Uh, The things they're doing, you know, you really have to dig way back into the record book to find anything comparable. This business about them not giving up any points or touchdowns in the fourth quarter is staggering. It's just staggering that, uh, you know, that they're playing that effectively. And there have been situations, I can recall a handful of them this year, where teams have moved into scoring range in the fourth quarter, and the Bombers just shut them down. Uh, It's just, uh, you know, they're allowing now Well, they've given up 110 points in nine games, 110 points in nine games. Uh, That is historically remarkable in the Canadian Football League, and if they can continue that, and we're all going, well, wait a minute, there's got to be a game somewhere along the line here where whoever they play gets two or three or four touchdowns. There just has to be. Well, maybe there doesn't just have to be, right? The way these guys are playing, uh, perhaps they can carry this on till the end of the year, and if they do, if they do, it's going to set some records that I don't think we've ever seen in the Canadian Football League. I'd add one more thing, you guys. It's conceivable that if the Bombers win their next two games, Friday in Edmonton and then Friday back home against B.C. the following Friday, it's conceivable they could clinch first place in the West with a month still left, three games still left in the regular season. I don't. If Mike O'Shea heard that, he'd cringe because he doesn't like to look beyond tomorrow in terms of planning for his team. But that is a possibility.
0: All right, Bob Irving, the head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea, 7 till 8 tonight, a special edition of The Coach's Show on this Tuesday night following the holiday yesterday now uh, really quick here Bob I just wanted to point out you'll have lots of time to talk about this uh, on, the, on, the, on the coaches show and leading up to Friday night uh, Elks head coach Jamie Elizondo says that Trevor Harris will not start Friday that's yeah. an interesting decision I know you have lots to say but Loren, the Elks have a big halftime performance planned Brett McGarry if you will what really <laughs> Henderson yes. is scheduled to play at Commonwealth Stadium at halftime really? Friday night. I wouldn't fib to you.
2: Why would this be a thing? I'm not I mean, exactly sure. I'm excited. Sure. Don't get me wrong, but road trip. Bob, can I tag along?
7: Is Lorraine not a fan of the Hansons?
2: No, I am a fan. That's why I won in. <laughs> yeah.
7: Well, you should go to Edmonton on Friday then, because and you'd be one of the few people there, I expect.
2: Well, Are we driving? Are we going together? Is it road trip time, Bob? I've always wanted yeah. this, man. Tell me yeah, it can happen. I'd,
7: lo- I'd love to drive to Edmonton, but I'm not going to have the time to do it. But... Uh... Yeah, I'll get you tickets. Here's the deal, Loren. If you show up there, I'll get you tickets because I know many will be available.
8: <laughs> oh, I feel like
2: I just got denied big time from my dream road trip with Bob Irving. That's <laughs> fine. Bob I like Bob.
1: Bob Irving, thank you for joining us for breakfast okay. with the Bombers, sir.
7: Okay, you bet.
0: Maybe it's- they're singing mm, Bob. hmm Bob. Oh. Bob, Bob,
2: Bob, 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 Bob. Bob. Irving. Bob. Irving is the best.
7: <laughs> what do you think, Bob? Dun. Yeah, well, you know, I might work on that a little bit. (laughs)
2: He's definitely not driving anywhere with me now if I'm going to sing like that on the way.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Star. A reminder that we have tickets to give away for Took, All-Star Canadian Classic Rock, November 27th, Club Region Event Center. We've got tickets to give away all week long. And today we're asking you, if you have ever gone somewhere, to do something really specific. Maybe you took a detour to check something out. Maybe it had to do with pop culture. And a lot of people weighing in saying they went to Molly's Ranch in BC because of the beachcombers. Lisa. In fact, I don't know if you saw this, but she sent us a picture of the Persephone of the boat. She oh, says she on. just got back. Oh, that's awesome!
0: <laughs> oh, here we go, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> oh, wow! It's out of the water now. They've they've made it an actual tour stop. That's per- outstanding.
1: Apparently, they're going to move it because they're they want to build condos in that location. Oh, of course, oh, Why of wouldn't course, you? yeah.
4: Sure.
2: Uh, gosh, you know, it's reminding me, I had said in our having coffee talking segment that I had done a de- detour to Scranton during a New York-Boston trip just to see the different sights and sounds of the office. I just remembered on that same trip, I also did a detour through Mystic so that I could, you know, wear the movie Mystic Pizza with Julia Roberts because I wanted to eat the pizza from Mystic Pizza. From and? The movie. I couldn't find it. Oh, no. Great town, though. Beautiful town.
1: Keep those but stories no. coming for a chance to win. 204-780-6868. We'll give them away just after 9.15. And uh, we getting a lot of stories about Boston, oddly enough. So uh, we'll share some of those through the morning. But in the meantime, we've got to talk about Thanksgiving, Good Friday, Canada Day. There's statutory holidays right across the country. But at one B.C. place of employment, the boss is giving staff a chance to swap out some of those holidays for days that might be more meaningful to them.
0: Yeah, in a moment, we want to speak to a, a local HR expert as to whether or not this kind of policy would work on a larger scale. But first, here's Global's Krista Dow on how it's working for the Boys and Girls Club of Southern BC.
7: We want to
2: be inclusive, and we recognize that that means that people have different interests, different needs.
8: This Boys and Girls Club in Vancouver leading the way. The organization will be allowing its approximately 120 full-time staff to have flexible statutory holidays, meaning staff can swabble any of five-stat holidays to better reflect their own beliefs, culture, and religion. They include Good Friday, Victoria Day, Canada Day, Thanksgiving Day, and Boxing Day.
2: Those days all have
8: very strong white, European, Christian um, roots to them. Tuckwell says the idea came from staff members themselves, staff like Ala Fununi, who will be taking part.
6: The fact that staff can recognize religious, cultural, or personal days that are important to them exemplifies a commitment to decolonization.
8: It's a first for this employment standards lawyer who says while the flexibility won't work for every organization, it can be a start for many. They're kind
4: of a trailblazer in this regard. It's
8: looking at a list of statutory holidays that
4: have been determined by the governments and saying, well, this might not work for all of our people.
8: Seven other stat holidays like Christmas Day would not be available for substitution. Despite its religious background, Tuckwell says it's not feasible as everything is closed. The National Day for Truth and Reconciliation cannot be swapped out either. The day reserved for listening and reflection. Krista Dow, Global News.
2: So we've been getting, understandably, some feedback on this story as to what Manitobans would think if something like this was done here at certain places of employment. And of course, it wouldn't work for everyone, but could it work some places? We want to bring in Tori McNally of Legacy Bowes. And Tori, good morning. What was your immediate reaction when you heard this story?
4: Good morning. So I thought it was interesting because there's been so much emphasis put on diversity and inclusion with, you know, hiring people and recruitment. But this is actually looking at what diversity and inclusion can look like to your existing employees uh, on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis and showing that support.
1: So are we seeing anything like this in Manitoba?
4: I have not seen anything like this in Manitoba, although I do think that it's, uh, you know, it depends on the workplace um, because in practice there are some logistics to work out. But I like the idea of it and I think that people should be um, thinking about doing things along these lines.
0: Okay, so we often like these ideas, at least some of us like them in theory. What about in practicality and implementing this? Could get complicated, no, Tori?
4: Oh, I think it could get very complicated. For instance, if you were open on a statutory holiday, you could have some people who are making uh, statutory pay and others who are just working their regular hourly rate because they're going to be taking a day elsewhere. And so, it would have to, you'd have to be pretty careful about, you know, how that was handled um, uh, from an employee morale perspective.
2: And then with that, too, I was thinking, you know, one of our listeners texted in this morning, what about collective agreements? Like, And again, we're, we're, this is a conversation. We're not saying this is happening everywhere. It's just one spot in B.C. that said, hey, we're going to let people swap out some holidays to days that might be more meaningful. But also many people who sign contracts agree to a certain set of days. And so it would really you'd have to get into the black and white, put it on paper to make it work, I would think, Tori.
4: Oh, yes. Yeah. No, if you were in a unionized environment, you would certainly have to take this to the bargaining table. But I mean, it behooves the union to also say, you know, let's look at diversity um, and inclusion uh, in our policies and practices. I mean, you look at something like Victoria Day, where, uh, you know, it's got very colonial very colonial white uh, roots to it, um, and you know, giving people the opportunity to celebrate uh, something that's more meaningful for them uh, might, uh, you know, improve morale um, and make people feel uh, feel appreciated, um, and that their diversity is not just lip service; it's actually um, something that the employer can stand behind. But uh, yeah, it would have to be; uh, it would certainly have to be in writing. No question whether you are unionized or non-unionized, because you'd need it very clear.
1: We also had one employer wing, in as well saying, I think this would probably be just too complicated for me to implement, but uh, I've got no problem with just allowing for a personal day. If somebody wants to take a day, uh, that means something to them.
4: Yeah, and, you know, there has been a trend um, for employers, for instance, to have their sick policies broaden out to be a sick and or personal day policy so that people can um, take those personal days. And that might be something easier for employers to implement. I mean, you can imagine if you had one employee who wanted to work on Thanksgiving, does that mean that the business owner then has to go in and work Thanksgiving so that their employee can? I mean, that's, that's a big ask um, for business owners as well.
0: Yeah, small businesses have all sorts of challenges when it comes to to accommodating different schedules, uh, but it's a far cry. My grandfather always used to talk about the the only two minutes of paid, quote-unquote, time at work uh, that wasn't required of him to be working was the two minutes of silence at 11 o'clock on Remembrance Day. So things have come a long way since then. Are they continuing to evolve, Tori, in terms of you know a, an openness to flexible work hours? We've obviously seen a ton of that. With the pandemic, but you mentioned the the fact that that personal days and sick days are also being combined. What other trends are we seeing in terms of that flexibility?
4: Well, I think that um, uh, employers are realizing that you know increasing that flexibility to give for instance, working mothers, the ability to go um, pick up their kids at daycare uh, to allow somebody to work uh, uh, in, in tune with their bus schedule, right, so that somebody's not coming in and having to twiddle their thumbs for 15 minutes and then start work. Um, but, uh, you know, if they can just start working as soon as they get off the bus, that that's easier uh, for both sides, even though that means that they might not be working the exact same hours to the minute um, of everybody else in the office and that that's a workable scenario. Like, as long as you have a why and a justification, uh, most employees and employers realize that, you know, it's not actually that difficult. I think that pre pandemic, a lot of employers uh, felt like they were um, married to the old ways of doing things, you know, that solid firm 9 to 5 or 8.30 to 4.30 work week, um, but when the pandemic blew that work week out of the water, we're probably never going to go back to it. I mean, people realize that they can work from home, they can work odd hours, um, and that the work gets done. We're not really in a position where, you know, people are, um, like, delivering widgets anymore, right? People are, um, people are doing uh, brain work, um, so, you know, they can do it at any time, really. It's just they need to be able to have the place and flow uh, in their own schedule, in their own lives, to be able to uh, create the work that they're being paid to do.
1: Tori McNally of Legacy Bow joining us live on 680 CJOB. Tori, thank you very much for this.
4: Oh, you're very welcome. Take
1: care. And our question of the day at CJOB.com for credit aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Should more employers give staff a chance to swap out statutory holidays for days more meaningful to them? And so far at CJOB.com, we've got 66% say no, 34% say yes. We've also got it on Twitter. And on Instagram, at 680CJOB, just looking at the results on Twitter, it looks like it's a bit closer there. Yeah, 47% say yes, 53% say no. So lots of places for you to interact with this question, and of course, you can weigh in on text. We should have added another question.
2: Sorry, Brett, I didn't see the text line coming, not that it was written down anywhere. I didn't read your mind. I was just saying we should have added a third, fourth option. We just want more holidays, period.
1: (laughs) Why do we have a holiday in June? We need a holiday in June. All of the months. Yeah. Like that. That comes up every year. We get to June and we go, ah, there's no holiday in June. Mm-hmm. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have. Two tickets for Don Amaro with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, October 22nd. The show is running the 22nd to the 24th, but we've got tickets for the 22nd. And we're going to do some trivia here. So we'll ask the question. We need to hear three clean guesses before Greg and Loren will start start dropping hints. All right? So 204-780-6868. Let's see what we can do here. Harvey? Yeah? Good morning. Here's your question, okay? Yeah. The 1984 Plymouth Voyager minivan was the first mass-market vehicle to come with these. What is it?
4: Come with these. uh... The
1: 1984 Plymouth Voyager minivan was the first mass-market vehicle to come with these. What are they? I don't know. Okay. Sorry, Harvey. Thanks for trying. Marlene, do you know what it is?
4: uh airbags
1: oh that's a great Ooh, that's a guess. guess Terrific guess. that's not it but that's wow, terrific
6: <laughs> okay thanks
1: i have this uh I, I would say it's an irrational fear that the, the airbag is gonna go off at any moment when i'm driving mm-hmm. sometimes
2: mm-hmm.
0: that yeah. would not be good
1: no that'd be horrible Clearly.
2: you're not alone with that fear i think that's actually i don't i don't wouldn't say common but I've thought about that.
1: Okay. Okay. Good. I thought it. You're was- not crazy. Okay. <laughs> that's What I know. <laughs> Maybe for other things. Adam, do you know what it is? Uh, car seat belts. Seat belts? Uh, for baby seat belts. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that's a good guess. Yeah, because I, when I was a kid, I don't think they had anything in my car for that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. Just a sort of a free for all, really. Uh, okay. So, Loren, you, you got a hint for Hilda?
2: So, yeah, it's a part of the car um, that is filthy.
1: The 1984 (laughs) Plymouth Voyager (laughs) minivan was the first mass market vehicle to come with these. Not (laughs) when you buy the car. They don't come filthy.
6: They they quickly become filthy. They become
1: filthy. filthy. (laughs) Hilda, do you know what it is? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Louise, do you know what it is?
8: Uh, Car maps. Oh no!
1: Um, But good, good try, Uh, Jason. The 1984 Plymouth Voyager minivan was the first mass market vehicle to come with these. What is it? I'm going to guess heated side mirrors.
0: Oh wow! Another
1: good guess. Yeah, because those would be filthy. But no, that's not it. Harold, do you know what it is?
9: Is it rear bucket seats?
1: No, I'm afraid not. And, Greg, I think we need another hint. Mm -hmm. I might
2: have led them astray. It's not mud filth, although it can be, I suppose. Mm.
1: Sorry, I'm just taking a sip here. Oh. Doug, do you know what the answer is?
9: Is it uh, video screens for the kids to watch movies?
1: No. No. That's all. That's wow. That'd be be pretty ambitious for 84, but I guess, yeah, they started popping up early. Julian. Greg's sip, by the way, was part of his hint.
2: Right, the sound effect there is part of the clue. Um, Car map? No. Um,
1: Yvonne, do you know? Astrid? No. Wayne, And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be rude, but we're running out of time here. Wayne, do you know what it is? Removable seats. No. Darcel? I thought it was the stowaway seats, the compartments underneath there. No. Uh, Not as complicated as those things. The 1984 Plymouth Voyager minivan was the first mass-market vehicle to come with these. What is it, Derek? Cup holder. Say that again. Cup holder. Under the gun, under the wire. 30 seconds left. Cup holders. Woo! Yes, Derek, you are correct. And yes, Loren, you are correct. They are filthy. So, like, with <laughs>
2: unknown things in them. Like, you, you think to yourself, I didn't have that to drink. What is that?
1: Or why are there crumbs in there? I haven't <laughs> eaten, I don't remember <laughs> eating anything.
2: And then you get desperate for the coins that fall in there and you're <laughs> digging around in that sludge because you're like, I really need this quarter right now.
1: <laughs> Derek, congratulations. Going to put you on hold. You're going to see Don O'Mara with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra on October 22nd. And we got more tickets to give away all week long on CJOB. <music> Mackling, McGarry, McNabb. Reminder that we have tickets to give away for Tuke, great Canadian classic rock band. They're coming to Club Region Event Center November 27th. We've got tickets to give away all week long after announcing that show this morning. We're asking you to tell us a story about, like, the Buffalo, New York man who came to Winnipeg to see propagandy. Uh, great, like a long time Punk band I know a lot of people who go nuts For that band Including this Buffalo, New York man So we're asking you to tell us stories like Hey, have you ever done anything like that? Like Trevor, he says in 2015 Drove 12 hours Friday morning With a newly met friend to Sioux City, Iowa To see Saxon A band I've been wanting to see since the mid-80s Great show Met the drummer And then we returned home that night So it was a quick, long road trip, (laughs) but worth it.
0: I want to see the driving schedule No, on the way there and the way back. The
2: sleeping schedule. Whoa. Where was that?
1: No kidding. So tell us a story. Last chance. We're giving away those tickets in our next segment. But right now we want to continue the conversation that we've been having this morning, Loren, as it pertains to getting into the United States, but depending on how you're vaxxed.
2: And I think there's even more questions than that, Brett. We've been trying to figure this out, speaking to different travel experts at 7.07 and then again at 8.07 this morning about the fact that right now you can't cross by land unless you're an essential travel reason. So, of course, you can still go by air. And the way you get into the U.S. right now is by having that negative COVID-19 test. But we learned over the weekend that they're going to put in vaccine requirements, which will then mean they might ask you what vaccine you have. So it sounds like they're okay with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is, you know, few for some of us, except for we, what we don't know yet, Greg, is if they're okay with the mixing and matching and whether or not there will be a requirement if you fly to the States this winter to not just show proof of vaccines that they approve of, but also get that test. And so there's kinds of, there's, there's several questions we have this morning about how that's going to work. And then if you're someone <clears throat> like yourself, mm-hmm. who's heading south Uh oh. Do you are you worried you might now have to go get the booster anyway until because we don't know what they're going to decide in a few weeks time.
0: Yes. So uh, I've been looking into this. In fact, uh, throughout the morning, I've had a back and forth with with my pharmacy who gave me both my AstraZeneca shot and also my Moderna shot and wanted to know if I could in fact come in there today to get my Moderna. Well, not so fast, GMAC, because there are some different things that you need to do. So uh, my pharmacist sent, uh, and thank you, Deborah, sent over the link to the government of Manitoba vaccine eligibility criteria website. And so for third doses, this is as of October 8th. I'm just going to read it verbatim here. Third doses are recommended for the following very specific circumstances in Manitoba at this time and are not recommended as boosters for the general population. Individuals who have only received a viral vector vaccine, that was as of October 6th, healthcare personnel who have direct contact with patients, residents, or clients, people who are moderately to severely immunocompromised due to a medical condition and or treatment, individuals who have received one or two doses of a vaccine, which is not approved by Health Canada, residents of all personal care homes, and residents and staff of First Nation personal care homes. People who are traveling, who have specific vaccination requirements as per their destination, will need to visit a licensed physician to talk about the risks and benefits of vaccination. So that's where I'm at. I am now going to have to reach out to my doctor and find out, hey, um, what's the deal here? And some consultation I'm certain will ensure. And then the decision I guess I will have to make is to whether or not I'm going to get that third dose of this vaccine.
2: And then you have to hope that I had said this to one of our guests that when you get all these things that you think are what is required, that the people on the end doing the checks are fully informed. And you could probably forgive them if they're not. Like Scott texted to say he's trying to keep up with all the COVID updates even though he rarely travels 20 kilometers away from home, but he went on the provincial website for clarification and came away more confused because of all the layers that get added onto this in terms of what is or isn't required. And that's from what we set in our own province, let alone when you go to the States. I was sharing with you guys off air that I have a a loved one that was supposed to go to the States this past weekend, it got turned away at the airport, all the way to the airport at 4 a.m. And they said, nope, sorry, you can't go because of A, B and C, even though they had called ahead and checked with the embassy and checked the border rules and still didn't make it. So I, I feel like it's going to be some murky waters for not just weeks, but months to come.
1: I'm glad it's encouraging. At least the U.S. has taken this step to to say we're going to accept uh, these uh, World Health Organization and CDC approved vaccines. Um Hopefully they can get an answer sooner than later on the mixed vaccine, because that probably has a lot of people stressed out. Like I was stressed out once I got my second shot of AstraZeneca thinking, oh, well, this isn't. Now they're saying the mixed vax is is like a super vax, that it's more efficient than what I had. So I thought maybe I had uh, sold myself short a little bit. Uh, But now... It's creating a new layer of stress for people like yourself, Greg, because now look at all the steps that you just, that you have to do. You got to go to the doctor to get a prescription and then you got to hope that you can get in to get the shot
0: in a reasonable Give, amount of time. Right? Yeah. And
1: so you have the two weeks to be considered vaxxed, I guess.
0: Right. Again. So, yeah. And so of course, then there's also the six month suggestion in terms of now, I think is it the six months? Um, after the last dose, right? Not the first dose. It's the six months after a last dose, and so I'm I'm really only in that four month, two weeks, roughly since I got my second dose.
1: Now, is it a suggestion, or is that uh, is that the like that you can't go get it?
0: It says how to access a third dose for people who have uh, are traveling. Uh, it says it requires a prescription, so it doesn't talk about this six month thing yet. For healthcare personnel, they're saying at least six months after the last dose. Okay, so I think that's going to be part of that discussion, right? Oh boy, do I want to modify that that suggestion?
4: Okay.
2: Are your plane tickets transferable? Because Brett, <laughs> ironically, of the three of us, yes, is good to in go right position now. position to travel. <laughs> Which we thought a few months ago, as you said, Brett, oh no, like I'm going to be, and you said no problem, I'll fine traveling in Canada, but I feel like there's a transfer. I know they don't do that anymore for airline tickets, but still.
1: Maybe they need to, to change things up now because there are going to be a lot of people who have tickets they can't use, right? So let us know what you think. 204 780 6868. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have tickets to give away to see Tuke Club Region Event Center November 27th based on your stories about the places you've gone to do. Rather specific or perhaps unique, perhaps odd things. And we got so many great stories. Uh, Even the the handful of of stories that I've flagged for this moment. uh, We won't have time to get through all of them. So Greg, uh, take your pick. Where do you want to start?
0: Well, uh, Cindy, I'm so jealous because I've been to, I think it's 19 Major League Baseball Parks, but Fenway Park is on my list. I've not been there yet. And Cindy says, my son and I are big Red Sox fans. We went to Boston to see baseball games at Fenway in 2017. Unfortunately, one of the two games we had tickets to was rained out. We had lunch in the Bleacher Bar that opens into Fenway right center field fence. Cool. We did also search out the Cheers Bar, had lunch there, despite my son not being quite as familiar with the show as I was. It was a great trip, says Cindy.
1: And Loren, uh, just a couple down there in the script I uh, flagged yeah. the Stranger Things. Text well, I just
2: thought this was a cool dad mom thing to do. So, three years ago, I was in Atlanta, Georgia with my teenagers who loved the show Stranger Things. One day, I loaded them up without telling them where we were going, and we started visiting all the sites from the show. Despite everything else we did on that trip, that was the part they loved the most, bragging to their friends about it and still remember it vividly. I thought that was just cool to do that as a dad. And like all the spots you suddenly find yourself. I was in Chicago, and you know, you do this. Oh, this is where Ferris Bueller had his. You know, the parade, shake it out, baby. Like, you know, you just start noticing things from films everywhere. So that was cool of him, I thought.
1: Stranger Things season four, by the way, is coming in 2022. Ooh. So that's exciting. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> I guess so. We're <laughs> almost there. Tam, this is a neat one from Tammy, who says In 1992, I went on a building tour with Habitat for Humanity. It was the 15th anniversary of Habitat. So they had 15 groups of builders starting at the coast of the United States. And we stopped in 15 cities, ended up in in ohio i didn't get all the way to ohio i stopped in new york but i have spent a week in maine new hampshire vermont upstate new york and other areas in new england and we built houses for people met some amazing people it was the best time they should do that again so look at that's that that's awesome. a great way to say to to go on a trip and do something cool for people while you're doing it way to go tammy but um greg i think we're going with jason we are going with Jason, but I'm going to read the runner-up first
0: if I can do that, if we have time. Make it quick. I will. Dro- drove 36 hours to see the band, Boston and Worcester, Mass. Thought it was their final show seven months later. Saw them from Row 12 in the old Winnipeg Arena. This was around 1988. Three guys in a car straight to Worcester where uh, Brad Delp lived. We hung out at the Centrum for a sound check and saw them in their, their own car. took... <laughs> pictures with them with their gear and everything was still a great trip.
1: Okay? And the winner Jason says in 2012, myself and two friends were able to sign up as volunteers for the Ryder Cup, which is the golf event that is not about horses that we recently talked about at uh is it Medina? Medina is in the Chicago? Course. Yes. Okay. So Jason says I was a special marshal which gave me a lot of access including inside the ropes on the course and areas totally off limits to the public. I got to walk with tiger woods to the putting green on the opening morning and followed groups on the course, the rest of the weekend An experience. Ooh. I don't think I can ever top. Imagine that to be in the presence of tiger woods. That's cool. That's neat, Jason. And thank you for all your stories, but Jason gets the tickets for Tuke. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. You've probably been hearing the promos, but just wanted to give you a heads up here that this Thursday is a very important day. 680 CJOB, Global Winnipeg, and Silo Mission will be teaming up in the Kildonan Place parking lot for Knickers and Kickers. It's the annual event where generous Manitobans show up, drop off packages of new socks and new underwear. Uh, This is so, so important. And every year, we're just blown away by your generosity. So that's happening this Thursday at Kildonan Place. Uh, So we thank you in advance for the generosity we will no doubt uh, have a look at or get to see. Um, But in the meantime... We got to talk right now, Loren, about the spectacular sights. We've been getting some great photos, including one from Maureen. I posted it on her 680 CJOB Instagram. She got a picture in Mitchell, Manitoba that is just spectacular uh, from people who are lucky enough to catch the Northern Lights overnight
2: yeah and i think greg you tried to drive out and see if you could get them at three in the morning and i took a drive at five in hopes that i'd get them but i think we were just a little bit too late but man people were seeing them from within the city outside the city right across southern manitoba so we need to figure out how we could do this best times is there a way to check the calendar for the aurora borealis and so we're joined now by scott young planetarium astronomer hi scott
9: hey good morning
8: everyone
2: so it was cooler last night. It is that kind of time of year. And I, th- I do think temperature plays a part in this, does it not? Like, what are the sort of perfect recipe for seeing the northern lights?
9: Well, yeah, I mean, the, the main thing about last night, it was nice and cool. And in the fall, that means that the sky is nice and clear. So if there's northern lights, we're not blocked out by clouds. Um, so, I mean, there's that factor, but we also had a big, um, solar flare that happened a couple of days ago. Basically the sun is spitting out all these energetic particles, basically, you know, heat and light that we're familiar with, but also other forms of radiation and that stuff luckily doesn't make it down to the ground here to fry us. It just gets sort of filtered out by the atmosphere of the earth. And uh, it sort of gets funneled around the North Pole and around the South Pole. And that energy builds up and builds up. When there's more energy from the sun, there's so much energy that's that's sort of stored in the atmosphere that it just makes the air glow in the dark. And so really, it's all the sun's activity that gave us this amazing show last night and hopefully tonight as well.
0: Scott, what are the more popular, incorrect versions and ideals about where... The Northern Lights come from. I know when I was a kid, I was always under the perception that it was reflection off the polar ice caps, or yeah, or that's similar. a really
9: common one actually. And um, then there are, are um, you know the ideas that, that it, it's it's. Um, well, actually, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different ways of, of looking at the the world, of course. I mean, some people have said that there, it's the spirits of, of the departed, and, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of ways of looking at this. Um, I think for a while the reflection of the snow and ice was actually, like, taught in some schools, or some teachers had that misconception, because there's a whole generation of people that grew up sort of thinking that. Um, to be fair, though, we've only learned... The details of the northern lights in the last you know few decades we've been able to actually get to the point where we can kind of forecast them and kind of understand them so it's it's uh relatively new stuff and we still don't know everything about it for example there are people that say they can hear the northern lights well that's supposed to be impossible the northern lights are happening like a hundred kilometers up uh, above the surface how could you hear something that far away and yet some people enough people to make you think that something's going on can, say they can hear the northern lights. We don't, we don't understand that at all. So there's a whole bunch of mystery that's still up there and that's what I love about the the northern lights. You're you're watching these amazing green curtains sort of swirling around in the sky and nobody really knows 100% what's going on.
1: And I would imagine, you know, hundreds of years ago that this might be something that would scare people,
9: right? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, this, many of the... Uh, the legends around the Northern lights from people that live in the far North. Um, some of them are not really, you know, positive legends. They're kind of scary. So yeah, there, there are definitely some, some uh, variations there, but if you, if you've ever seen the Northern lights, like a really good display where you're, where you're outside the city, um, it's like the whole sky is full of green fire. And it, it, it would be terrifying for sure. I, I was actually just in uh, I stayed in the city last night um, and I didn't go out of town, and I'm kind of kicking myself because from from my suburban backyard, you could see um, a little bit of the green down near the northern horizon. But uh, you know the the views that we're seeing on social media, where it was like covering the whole sky, that's amazing. So it looks like it might last through tonight, and it looks like it might be clear for the first part of the evening. So uh, if you're going to be if you're going to be going out of the city. Um, Get to a spot where you're not driving on the highway. You don't want to just be in a spot where people will will run you over. I mean, people have people have gotten into car accidents where they're looking through their windshield trying to see the northern lights while they're driving. Do not do that. But any any side road or um, anything like that, as long as you can get off the road, get out there and and just look up, and we'll see what happens tonight.
2: Loyal listener Yves just sent me or sent our station a text about uh, Twitter app or sorry a a channel you can follow aurora alerts how accurate are these folks at predicting the best times to see aurora borealis because i've just signed up for it out of curiosity and then it'll tell me when it's a good time to step outside are they pretty good at predicting these things
9: i would say they're kind of 50 50 the the there's a whole bunch of data coming from satellites that are correlated to the presence of northern lights, but they 're not exactly predictive it 's kind of like space weather really, and so you know the weather forecast is is usually pretty good, but sometimes it 's wrong um, that 's what what 's happening here and and we really can 't get forecasts better than a day or two in advance so I actually uh, i 'm on a Facebook group called Manitoba Aurora and astronomy and that group just lights up as soon as there are actually northern lights in the sky because thousands of people are are taking their pictures and, and posting them and saying, hey, get out of town now. So um, usually when other observers start seeing it, that's what, what triggers me.
0: Now, Scott, you mentioned the color green. Uh, am I imagining things if I've seen colors other than green and, and what dictates the color if there, there are other colors? like Like I want to say I've seen purple in the past.
9: Yeah, absolutely. There are definitely other colors. Green is the most common one that people report, because green is kind of the most, our our eyes are most sensitive to sort of that kind of color. Um, When the northern lights are nice and bright, though, people will sometimes report blue or purple, and uh, another common color is sort of a reddish or a pinkish color. And those are somewhat to do with um, which parts of the atmosphere are glowing in the dark, whether it's uh, the oxygen in the atmosphere or whether it's the nitrogen in the atmosphere, and also at, at what el- altitude above the horizon, above the surface they are. So basically, you could use the colors to sort of probe the northern lights and figure out what's in the uh, atmosphere high above the Earth.
1: Before we let you go, we've got to ask you about oh, yeah. Shatner. William Shatner going to space.
9: I know. Hey, finally. I think he may have some misconceptions about what space is like, though. I mean, <laughs> he's literally going to get the, the microgravity, you know, weightlessness kind of thing, which was the one thing they never got in Star Trek because it was too expensive to film, right? So uh, I think it'll be really cool to, to see. And, um, I mean, I know I'll be watching just to, uh, just to make sure all goes well. It's nice to see a, another Canadian go
2: into space. Yeah, that was supposed to happen, I think, today, right? And it delayed for, to tomorrow, maybe do, I'm guessing, winds or weather or something. Yeah, the, the, the
9: spacecraft really, they want to make sure everything is nice and <laughs> perfect, right, for, for your landing. It's a big parachute ride down. So if you got too much wind, it's, it's a problem. But, uh, yeah, hopefully tomorrow. And um, if not, I'm sure it'll go this week.
0: Well, hopefully it goes uh, better. I watched Apollo thirteen for the about the thirteenth time yesterday. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> hopefully it goes done. better for uh, Shatner than it did uh, for Tom Hanks and Kevin yeah, exactly. Bacon in space. Yes,
9: yeah, for sure. I mean there there have been some harrowing moments for sure, but uh, I mean the, the the new spacecraft that they're using with. Uh, with these private companies, they're pretty, I, I won't say foolproof, but I mean, basically, you're up, you're down, it's 15-minute ride. I mean, I've spent more time in line at the grocery store than, uh, than some of these flights are. So there's not all that much time to go wrong, but it is space. And so there's always that risk. And I guess that's part of the allure for some of these people.
1: Scott Young, the Manitoba Museum and Planetarium, thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure, folks. Thanks. Northern lights, yeah. If you can get uh, get a peek at those, do so because even like, my I, my apartment faces west, so I'm out. I'd have to go outside. But even if I went outside, you know, I'm at the the edge of downtown, so sure. there, I'm guessing I would see nothing.
2: Golden boy, that's what you'll see.
1: Yep, yep, the golden boy, and maybe maybe I I might get like a hint of of the green streak across the sky, but because uh, I have I don't remember the last time I saw northern lights. It might be since when I was a kid. So I'm trying to find out
0: if I can get the hourly cloud forecast somewhere here for Winnipeg. Is that a thing? I know that uh, you get the lightning tracker and you can get the wind forecast, but can I get the hourly cloud forecaster? You're
2: on Twitter all the time and you hardly sleep. I feel like of all the people that should be seeing Northern Lights, it's you. You'll just get a weird alert to your brain while you're laying there.
0: (laughs) It'll
2: have like a jet score. And by the way, if you're up, Greg... Head on out. I had no
0: idea about the John Gruden thing. (laughs) (laughs) So so there you go. So much for that philosophy, Loren, because, uh, yeah, I was absolutely clueless to that until about uh, 6.20 this morning.